If you are watching this on YouTube or listening to this podcast, wherever you are today, please hit that subscribe button, that follow button, so that you can stay current on the material that we are providing. But not only that, you then help us to spread the word to more people. You are vital in this mission to reaching our world of people just like you who are living in this nightmare. Welcome to the Covert Narcissism Podcast. I'm your host, Renee Swanson. I'm Renee Swanson, your host of the Covert Narcissism Podcast, and thank you so much for joining me on this journey, the stories of hope that we are sharing with this world. I have another guest today. Her name is Kathleen, and I'm really excited to hear her story. I can't wait because I'm excited by what she's bringing to us today. Kathleen, thank you for being here. Oh, thank you, Renee. I'm so happy to be a part of your Stories of Hope series. Yeah, it's it's been really kind of a fun journey for me to to put these stories of hope together. So so let's dive right in. Now, Kathleen, I asked um, kind of what you would maybe want to talk about today, and you brought a title that really fascinated me. You suggested that this title, this this episode be titled, I Married a Salesman. And I thought, oh my gosh, wow, I can't wait to hear this story. So so get me started on that. Maybe why that title or who is the salesman? I met my husband in college. We met during a work program during the summers. We were actually selling books door to door. Wow. So you were literally a salesman. Literally a salesman. We sold books like children's books and encyclopedias and things like that. And it's a it was a very rigorous program that demanded a high level of self-discipline and mental control. Okay. And I look back on it now and I could add brainwashing. But at the time, we all entered this program with an idea of, oh, I want to be a better person. I want to have better self-control. I want to help people by bringing these excellent books into their lives. We had, it was very altruistic. Right. And that's who I thought my husband was because he was a top salesman in the company, top uh, gaining awards and all of that kind of thing. And it it was a purpose for him. It was a mission for him. It was a mission for him, but it was not the same mission that I had. Not for you, right. (laughs) (laughs) My mission was to help people bring these wonderful books to their children because they live out in the country and they don't have access to bookstores. This was way before the internet, Barnes and Noble even. Okay. So they didn't have access like they do now. And so, but for my husband, it was learning how to conquer. But I didn't realize that. Wow. And I've listened to him talk to other students in this program. He seemed so caring. I thought, wow, this is a prince of a guy. We, our our relationship started fast and quick. And before I knew it, we were engaged. Wow. And it was one of those four months from engagement, we were married. And at the time I was living, we were, we were living in different states. So I didn't even have concentrated time with him. All I saw were these top salesman moments of him trying to convince me of who he was, that he was the same 
kind had the same interests. I've heard you talk about that on your podcast that he loved classical music and that um he was the same. I was I was a very very strong Christian, still am. I walk by that. And and I thought that he was too that he had those same beliefs and values and I thought wow, I have just I've got the cream of the crop here. So narcissistic mirroring is what you're talking about. He was mirroring you with his salesman approach. What he told me years later was that he saw in me what he wanted in himself. He wanted to be a strong Christian like that. And so he knew that if he had me in his life, that that would help him. And that I was the kind of woman that he wanted to raise his children. He wanted to have raised his children. So it was more of a ideal of who he thought I was rather than truly loving me. Mm-hmm. But again, it's looking back at yesterday with today's wisdom. I didn't know that at the time at all. So I even tried to break up with him. I realized quickly that something wasn't quite right. This is why we were still engaged. And I wasn't thinking that um, we were clicking. I, I couldn't seem to quite connect with him or something. And I I went for counsel. I didn't, I tried to break up with him and he wouldn't let me. He talked me back into it. <laughs> oh no, this is why we're such a good fit. Mm-hmm. And so, so we got- was, So he was a salesman. He was a salesman. Wow. We got married and I very quickly- even on our wedding day, Renee, I realized I I can't say that I made a mistake. I just know that I was really hurting because rather than spending time with me, he was spending time with all of his groomsmen and all of his guests and everybody because that's what he did. He invested in t- his time with the people who would serve him the best. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then very point. shortly... At that point, you were already hooked in. I was already hooked in. Mm -hmm. And I remember thinking about two years into the marriage, and not even that long, thinking if we were still dating, I would break up with him. Wow. But I couldn't. I was trapped. Wow. And, And then three years into our marriage, he had an affair. And then I had my out. And I thought, okay, maybe, maybe this is it. But no. Because, and this is a topic for another day, um, because I was so steeped in the church and what I thought was my responsibility, I needed to forgive him and and stay with him. And during that time, while that was all happening, we found out that we were pregnant with our first child. Okay. Okay. And so that was more of a reason for me to feel like I needed to stay for the sake of that child to grow up in a home with a mother and father. And again, looking back, had I known then what I was dealing with, I would have left and my life would have been different. But I didn't know. I didn't know what I was dealing with. We don't get that opportunity to look back like that. Like it's, if I'm watching a movie and I miss some of the scenes, I can go back and rewatch that movie as many times as I want to see the things I missed. But we don't get that kind of do-over in life. We don't. That's so good. We don't. You're exactly right. Well, he quickly, when I found out I was pregnant, quickly 
wooed me, romanced me. I'm so sorry. I'll never do that again. I'm all of that. Mm-hmm. Even to the point of wanting to have a new wedding ceremony. So we had, he planned this whole new wedding ceremony with a new ring and everything to make wow. me renew my vows right away before I changed my mind. Right. So, wow. um, yeah, so that we did that, even though I, my heart was just still so broken and I was so angry. Then over the years, bada bing, bada boom, there's another child and then another child and then another child. <laughs> so my, my life became full of mothering. But all during this time, I started to realize that our values were different. And we were not on the same page in parenting. So parenting was very difficult. Mm. And anytime I would bring something up of a concern, he would devalue what I was saying and he would sell me on why his opinion was better. And that went across not only parenting, that went across where we lived, the house that we bought, how we decorated the house where we went on vacation, what kind of car we drove, what kind of friends we had, what events we did, what church we attended. It didn't matter. He had an opinion about everything. And everything was, he could bring it down to where he could convince me that, oh yeah, he's right. What was I thinking? I would get so confused. I would have a thought in my mind and go, okay, I'm going to discuss this with him because I know this is right. I would go to a therapist, I would have it solidified in my mind with the therapist, go to my husband, by the end of that 15 minutes, I'd be all confused and all turned around in my brain and go, yeah, what was I thinking? So I started, so I started writing letters to him. I had to do that to, if I had a concern about one of the kids or something in our relationship, I started writing letters to him because that was the only way that I could clearly communicate to him what was on my mind or in my heart, because otherwise he would get me all twisted around and baffled in our conversations. And he had learned how to do that as a salesman. Mm -hmm. He learned how to answer the objections before they came up. He learned how circle to circle everything around. He could circle, circle everything around. Yes. Oh, yes. Yes, ma'am. I know what you mean. I know what you mean, ma'am. Yeah, I know what you mean. But don't you think, da-da-da-da-da, mm-hmm. and this is better. Mm-hmm. I mean, he just, he knew how to, to be a salesman, which even translated into counseling. I would try to, I would say to him at times, you need to go to a counselor. I've been going, you need to go. So he would go. I don't know what he told the counselor, but when he would come back, he would tell me that I was the one with a problem. His counselor told him that his wife was very controlling. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so bizarre. And the last time we went to marriage counseling, I sat and watched him schmooze his way with that therapist who was this gentleman had to be in his 60s. I would think that he would see through it, but he bought into it, hook, line, and sinker. And I sat there looking at my husband, just seeing that salesman in him. And he learned how to say all the right things. Mm-hmm. Every time 
I shared something with him. If I read a book, some of the most powerful books, The Verbally Abusive Relationship by Patricia Evans, Mm -hmm. I read back in 2006, and I saw myself all the way through that and shared things in that book with my husband. Okay, now now he knows that lingo. Yeah. Now I have the right words. Now he'll get it, but instead it just weaponizes him even more. It weaponized him. Yeah. It weaponized him and he would see a therapist and and he would, I would recognize those phrases that he would come back with, weaponized. I would do therapy and I would confront him with something that I had been powered with. My brother would would use the word ammunition. I had the ammunition. Well, then my my now ex-husband at the time husband would use those words the same exact words then against me, mm-hmm. weaponized, mm-hmm. salesman. Well, it's like you had the ammunition, but he had the weapon. And so yeah. when you share with them and you get open with them, it's like you just handed them the ammunition for their weapon. Wow. Yeah, that's really good, Renee. That's that's a great way of putting that. That's exactly what happened. Wow. And, and it kept happening and kept happening, and it was wearing me down, and I... Now, and I'd like to say for the record, um, I finally divorced last year, August of 2023. We had been married 40 years. Wow. 40 years. Wow, Kathleen, that is a long time to be living a sales pitch. Right? Yeah. yeah. And he never, I I kept saying to him, I can't connect with you. And he would go, I know, I know. I I can't connect with you either. It was always pushing it back to deflecting Mm -hmm. it back on me. Mm -hmm. And I went to therapists for, for literally decades. And what happened was I kept continually growing Mm -hmm. and he didn't. And I finally got to the place to where I finally gained the strength to be able to say no more. And so I started that. I had that recognition of realizing that I was being abused, not just schmoozed, but (laughs) abused. Right. Right. And, and that was in 2020 when I, when I realized that, and I told him at that point, you need help. And something has to change, or I will have no choice but to separate myself from you and your abuse. And it came to August of 23, September, October. I was highly aware of what was happening. And by the end of October, I I learned about covert narcissism. Mm -hmm. And oh my goodness, Renee, it was like... All the lights in the dark room were turned on. Wow. And part of the light was this huge spotlight that I now could put on my shoulder and shine it backwards 40 years. And it explains so much. Yeah. Now I can look back and I can see all of that behavior and and incidents and things with the with the children or with our relationship or with other people. And and I and I could explain it. Okay, yeah, that's what I'm looking at. Yeah, so well, you're I, looking at it from a different lens now. 
Mm-hmm. And and it's, you know, you, you talk about a married a salesman is, and you mentioned this earlier when we were talking, that it wasn't real. Right. But now right. you could see reality. Yes. And I had to I had to admit that the day my therapist, I found a wonderful therapist, which I recommend to anyone who's going through this, mm-hmm. someone who specifically understands the complexities of covert narcissism. Mm-hmm. And I I remember the day when she said to me, you have to come to a place of recognizing that if you stayed in this marriage for 40 years, that you were also delusional. Mm-hmm. You bought up into the delusion. Mm-hmm. I had to. And, and with what you mentioned a little while ago, and I'm glad you said that because it brings back what you said just a little bit ago, where as a salesman, if somebody said, you know, I really don't need that book, he could validate them going, I hear you. Yes, I hear what you're saying and still flip it around and make the sale. And that's right. what he was doing with you. I heard you voice it just a little bit ago where he'd be like, yes, I hear what you're saying. I hear what. And so you feel heard and feel validated, but it wasn't real. Right. Because then it would flip around. Right. Yes. And he would say, my husband would would apologize for things. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm I'm really. Oh, I'm so sorry. I know I need to get better. Yeah, I know I really. I that wasn't good. I I know I need to get better. And after so many years with with that, I felt like an abused wife. Except instead of hitting me, he was giving me false hope. Mm-hmm. And it was coming from that place of not being real. I couldn't connect with him. There were glimpses, maybe a handful of glimpses over the years where I would see that see that broken person down inside there. Mm-hmm. And I think that's who I fell in love with was that broken person down inside there. And that false but, hope can keep you hooked for decades. Yes, it did. Decades. I mean, it, it, did. it really is that piece of us that causes us to hang on to those breadcrumbs. Right, exactly. And a good salesman knows how to not lose that sale. Mm-hmm. They will keep coming from different angles. They'll try different tactics. Mm-hmm. My husband went from hero to bully to victim in a heartbeat. And that's another topic for another day. <laughs> and then probably back all around again. Like just and then, oh, continually, the <laughs> continually, whatever it took. To get me to respond the way wow. he wanted me to respond. Wow. Yeah. Well, Kathleen, tell me, tell me where life is for you now. Like, what words of hope do you have for this audience? I am so glad that you asked me. My divorce was finalized in August of 23. And I have been on a pretty steady climb of healing and strengthening since then. Um, I have felt moments of such peace and joy. Renee, I will find even yesterday, I I found myself, I went, wait a minute, am I whistling? I am whistling. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Good for you. (laughs) And, And creativity, I'm finding a creativity coming back. Um, that I had just been so suppressed. And I 
my home is just peaceful. There's no, there's no conflict. I don't have someone angry with me and agitated and irritated, impatient with me. I'm not having to be at someone else's beck and call and following his agenda. Um, and and that goes to such a deep level that I know you get. I do. It goes, yeah, mm-hmm. it goes to the soul. This place of I am okay. I for the longest time I thought no one would ever love me. How could anyone ever love me? I must be this most difficult person to live with because my husband made me feel that way. He was just all he would say, you just you're driving me crazy. You keep changing your mind as if changing my mind was a character flaw or a sin or something. Um it just and and to not have that, I feel like I can breathe. I feel like I have such a wonderful and bright future ahead of me. I love it. I love it. I love that story of hope, that message that you have, because I know there are listeners out there who are in that that circular world of of the trap. Okay, the salesman that they keep listening to in their head, uh, who's standing right in front of them saying these words, and they're trying to make sense out of it. And so I hope that everybody out there listening, I hope that what you're hearing is hang on to your own sense of reality, hang on to your own perspective of things, because you're not crazy, and that there is hope out there. There is hope to be found out there. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I would say, to seek counsel, like I mentioned before, from someone who understands this complexity. My therapist has compared coming out of a a relationship with a covert narcissist, especially after so many decades like I have, it's like coming out of a cult. And so that does a lot of things with your brain when you're constantly sold and you're constantly, your brain starts to second guess everything, everything, everything. Should I buy this turkey or that turkey? Who the hell cares? Right. I mean, it's just buy a turkey, (laughs) buy the turkey. It doesn't matter. Right. Exactly. Just, I've said many times in my podcast that. The, one of the biggest dangers or one of the biggest um, pain spots of covert narcissism is because the abuse gets inside of us. Right. And we start abusing ourselves. Right. Yeah. We do. We absolutely do. Well, Kathleen, thank you so much for sharing your story here. I know that your story will touch so many out there. And I don't think this is going to be the last time you're on my podcast. (laughs) I feel like this was going to be a a multifaceted story. So uh, thank you for sharing this. Is there any last words you want to say to this audience? I do want to say, make sure you're journaling. It will be invaluable to you when those crazy moments and your husband or your wife, if, if it's a man listening, is it keeps selling you on things. You write down what is reality in the moment so that you can go back and go remind yourself, yes, this is what happened. No matter what my salesman spouse said, this is what happened. That is That will be invaluable. And the second thing is... There is hope on the other side. I heard that back in the beginning, and I just couldn't even fathom. But now I'm on the other side, and I can't tell you how wonderful this is. 
Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. And those of you out there who are listening, if you're looking for help trying to find that hope, reach out to me anytime. I do answer all of my emails. That email address is Renee, R-E-N-E-E, at cnglifecoaching.com. Those letters are CNG as in Covert Narcissism Group. So reach out anytime. And I um, I look forward to, to hearing from everybody. I wish everyone out there listening, I wish you so much peace on your journey of healing. You have been listening to the Covert Narcissism Podcast with your host, Renee Swanson. Be sure to check out our website at www.covertnarcissism.com. There you will find many resources just for you to help you on this journey. You can also reach out to me by email at Renee, R-E-N-E-E, at cnglifecoaching.com. Those letters are C-N-G as in Covert Narcissism Group. I do look forward to hearing from you. I wish you so much peace on your journey of healing. The information provided by Renee Swanson and the Covert Narcissism Podcast is for educational purposes only and is not to be used for diagnosis purposes and not intended to be a substitute for clinical care. Please consult a healthcare provider for guidance specific to your case. This material discusses narcissism in general. It does not claim that any specific person has narcissism and should not be used to refer to any specific person as having narcissism. Permission is not granted to link to or repost this material to support an allegation or a claim that any specific person is a narcissist. That would be an unauthorized misuse of the material and information provided.